It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So how are those markets doing? Yeah, markets are a little volatile today, but fairly flat, I would say, just kind of turning into the red again. Uh, And what we're looking at today uh, in terms of Canada was Canadian inflation data was released. It came in at 6.9% for the month of September, again, down slightly from August, which was 7%, but higher than what uh, economists were predicting. Uh, Again, third consecutive month of easing prices. So this is good uh, for us as Canadians. Uh, Core inflation which excludes more volatile energy and food prices, saw a very slight increase at 5.4% in September. So again, it's it's showing some signs of stabilization, which I think is good. Uh, the Bank of Canada will be looking at this data, of course, closely. And markets were expecting a 50 uh, basis point rate increase at the next meeting. Now some are thinking it could be three quarters of a point. Um, and again, we've got two interest rate meetings left in 2022. Uh, one is October 26th and another is December 7th. And again, markets are really focused, um, well, globally, really on central banks and increasing interest rates. And so this is no different here in Canada. Okay, that's interesting then. So it sounds like the markets were a bit disappointed by this. Uh, I would say investors would be a little bit disappointed um, just because Canada had these jumbo rate increases and it's obviously not slowing inflation the way that they're anticipating. And so again, where does, you know, what sectors does this affect? And you and I have been talking about this. Well, that's uh, the real estate market and uh, the higher rates go, um, you know, my belief is the more damage is going to be done in the real estate market. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more then about that real estate market, because it really seems to be in a holding pattern, doesn't it? Um, I don't know about a holding pattern. Uh, we just got a new report uh, yesterday. I mean, what we did see was that housing starts in Canada jumped by 11% um, um, over the month in September. And that was what market analysts were expecting. And that was the highest reading since March. So when you first look at the numbers, you're going, oh, okay, well, this isn't so bad. But the reading is not necessarily a sign of growth in the housing market because the housing market only peaked you know, a few months ago at the beginning of spring. And housing developers were buying properties to try to capitalize on lower prices. So fast forward to today and the spike in housing starts is now more in due in part to developers breaking ground on contracts that were signed months or even years ago. Uh, So that's just something to keep in mind. But when we're looking at sales, sales are down still, you know, 25, 30% plus Uh, active listings uh, are up significantly 40 and a half percent. Um, compared to very low inventory levels one year ago. And when you take a look at some of the charts, you know, what it's showing is the average price uh, peaked uh, in February. And now we're seeing that's down about 15% overall on average. So, so again, most believe that we're going to see prices come down even further. Remember, people have to one, get approved for a mortgage at a bank, which is becoming more and more difficult. Just speaking to clients, you know, about their adult children, trying really? to get mortgages renew. Yeah, things like that. Uh, and then you also have to, uh, you're paying much higher costs uh, for your mortgage. So affordability is down. So I can't see this changing uh, unless at some point when the central bank changes their mind and pivots and starts reducing interest rates. But we don't see that happening for the next, you know, probably at least six to 12 months. Oh, interesting. Okay. So what about earnings season? How is that going? 
It's actually going really well. And this is why you've seen markets pick up in the last few days. Uh, we've had a, a few strong days. Um, we're, uh, we're up about 6% from the lows last week in terms of most major indices in North America. And that's because of earnings. Um, and most earnings are being released out of the U.S. And we saw U.S. banks uh, produce positive earnings report. Uh, report, sorry, a Bank of Canada reported on Monday, uh, better than expected results. Stock was up 10%. Uh, Goldman Sachs reported Tuesday, beat both earnings and revenues estimates. And again, this is a point where, you know, people are expecting to see sort of an earnings bear market or earnings are starting to decline. And even though they're not showing the kind of the gangbuster earnings we saw, you know, a few quarters ago, this is still positive because we have higher interest rates. The economy is slowing. Uh, we saw Netflix also make he uh, headlines yesterday for its earnings report, beating both on top and bottom line expectations. The stock soared 15% yesterday in after-hours trading. Uh, United Airlines, again, up 5% uh, after reporting revenues were up more than 25% from 2019 levels. Um, and airlines have been upbeat about consumer demand despite higher inflation. You have Procter & Gamble, top Wall Street's estimates, Johnson Johnson. So again, it's it's not all bad news out there. And that's what's important to start to notice because I think the markets were kind of on edge waiting for these earnings reports to begin, uh, thinking that it was going to be a disaster or Armageddon, and it wasn't again. Uh, and so again, that's what I think will push markets higher into the end of the year after midterm elections. Uh, hopefully the Fed, uh, you know, in the U.S., that they take a, you know, start to ease their stance slightly on rate increases because the idea is, is maybe two, maybe three more rate increases and then a pause. And that's what right. the market is looking for. Interesting. Okay. Now I know that when times are good, Lori, people love to go their own way, right? Do DIY investing. Uh, do you think people are rethinking that right now? 100% Simi. I can't tell you how many calls that we've had in the last few months of people who, you know, they, they may have some invested with an advisor, but they had a, a, you know, a large account or an account that they were managing on Quest Trade or one of these other online platforms themselves. And, and frankly, it's just, you know, become too much, right? People want to enjoy life. They don't want all that responsibility. And, and, you know, when you're a do-it-yourself do investor trading online, you know, it's it's fun in years like 2021, but then comes 2022 yeah. and it's not as fun, you know, and yeah. it, it's very complex. There's a lot of moving parts to the situation right now, you know, higher interest rates, inflation, Russia, Ukraine, um, economic data that's coming out because the market moves uh, based on, you know, what we're seeing. And right now, bad news equals good news. So, for the average investor, that would be difficult to um, to follow. And and again, you know, you want to make sure that you're proactive on top of it. And I find a lot of do-it-yourself investors end up being more buy and hold. They buy a basket of stocks. They don't know what to do uh, when when the stock goes down or the markets are falling. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you're a bit of a deer in headlights. And it's, you know, this isn't your forte maybe in your career or you're working, you've got family, you've got other things to do than, than following the markets, you know, 24-7, uh, which is, you know, what we enjoy doing. Um, and so that's where I think we've seen a lot more calls as of late, for sure. That is so interesting then, though. So how do you help people figure out when is when it's okay to kind of go your own way and when it's time to get some professional advice? 
what I would say is that, um, you know, we've even got clients that have small side accounts or play accounts, as we would call it on on one of those online platforms. But even those eventually all come over, I would say, Simi. People age, people are retiring, and they don't want to deal with it. But let's just say, um, you know, you don't want to have more than, I would say, 5 or 10% of your own money that you have online trying to trade it yourself. I mean, yes, maybe you have lower fees, but by having a professional team, you know, there to support you in all, you know, in all situations uh, is very valuable. I mean, whether it's retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning, um, you know, making sure that transition of wealth, wealth to adult children uh, goes seamlessly, or, you know, in the case of losing a spouse, and we've seen this is where the, the spouse that's no longer here was the one managing the portfolio online. And uh, now that they're no longer here, that's a lot of added stress to the spouse uh, that's trying to take over all the finances. And now they've inherited this portfolio that they've never managed before. And you don't want to put that stress on that, that spouse to, to go find a financial advisor now. You want to start building that team around uh, your family so that you know that your, your wealth is going to be managed properly going forward. So it's okay to you know, manage a little on your own if, if that's you know, your interest. But again, the majority of your assets uh, should be managed by a professional. Again, most professionals offer so much more than just buying and selling stocks, right? It's, it's a lot more than that, the whole wealth management idea of making sure that your family is taken care of, your wealth is taken care of, and managed properly through these volatile times because um, there's many investors that would find it difficult to not get emotional about what's happening out there right now. That's very true. Lori, thank you so much. Thanks so much to me. Have a great week and we'll talk uh, next week again. We will. That is Lori Pinkowski. She is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And remember, you can contact her team directly. Their number is 604-695-LORI or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.